and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. episode 46 of the money magic podcast if you've just joined my name is Vangile Makwakwa I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts increase income and live their best lives I'm also the author of heart mind and money using emotional intelligence for financial success and the founder of wealthy money so the way that this podcast started was with me interviewing my clients and students about their money journeys and how they've been able to shift their finances and learning from them and their stories because they are so wide and so varied and they all come from all walks of life and they do different things for a living so today is another one of the money magic students so this podcast is called the money magic podcast because of that right so we talk about money magic and I've got tons of students I can probably like do this for a (laughs) while and I love interviewing them and so today my guest is Claire. Welcome, Claire. How are you? Hi, Vangile. Thank you so much for inviting me for the podcast. I'm good. Um, I really can't complain about anything. A bit nervous, but let's just go with the flow and see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm all for going with the flow. <laughs> Claire, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Tell us about your hobbies, how you define yourself, and then what do you do for a living? So I'm Claire. I have four kids. I'm 40, well, going towards 43. 
Um, yeah, I've got three boys and one girl. I'm married. Um, what I do for life, I do various things, but I guess the ones that stands out, I opened up an inclusive school. So it's for children mm -hmm. with and without learning barriers, they learn together. So mm -hmm. that's one part of it. And then the other part, I'm a community liaison officer for a solar company. What I do there is um, community development projects. So I develop projects and, um, and then we, you know, we go into the community and be of assistance. Wow. And I also see myself as a healer, even though I'm not really out there, but um, I think the best thing of what I do is that if sometimes if I do enter a room, I do change the, the environment of it. I love people. I like to engage with people and um, I want people to, you know, reach for their best to, I love expansion. I, I try and expand in every single way myself. So even in my work situations, I always try to give the opportunity for others to expand and, you know, to be the best that they could be. Um, I studied law, but didn't finish my degree. Um, and then I went into education where I was for 13 years. Um, and that's where the background of the schooling system also came in. So in a mm. nutshell, that's Claire. <laughs> oh, wow. Such a varied um, and rich background. Like what I keep, what I'm picking up from this is really about holding space and helping people, like helping people better their lives um, through the school. I love that you've got this inclusive school of children with learning and without learning disabilities, because why do we separate the kids at school? You know, exactly. it, I yeah. mean, it reinforces this thing in kids with learning disabilities and also without that, like kids with learning disabilities are somehow different and mm. kids that have learning disabilities then like oh you should only have each other you know exactly. what is that about yeah. as if like <laughs> they're not going to meet people from all walks of life in every single day environment Absolutely. And if we are talking about changing the world or making it a better place, you know, separation will not work. Mm -hmm. And also we, we refer it as, as a barrier, not necessarily a disability, because we yeah. feel that people, you know, learn in different ways. Yeah. So for example, I might be more theoretical orientated, but somebody else might be more visual. And that's what mm -hmm. we find with kids with learning barriers that you just need to find a way in which they learn and then that makes it easier for them but also they've got beautiful soft what we call soft skills you know more empathy more kindness and when you have these two groups together it comes together so beautifully you know the kids without learning barriers they tend to be more caring and looking out for the ones without um, learning barriers so it's a beautiful you know uh, working together of two things which are not necessarily so different, actually. It's just that we have made it different because of the educational system. Yes, because our educational system really doesn't value soft skills. And then we wonder why we have yeah. adults who cannot relationships, why we are adults <laughs> who go to war, countries that go to war, the drop of a hat, all that, because 
we were taught that like any kind of feeling or emotion mm. is irrelevant. Absolutely. So I really, really love what you're saying. Absolutely. And, you know, we see it every time with the kids. Um, you'll find the kids without barriers. They'll, you know, when they come in at the beginning of the year, they'll be quite aggressive mm -hmm. and, and, you know, not being careful with regard to themselves and the other kids. Mm -hmm. But once time goes on, you know, that actually just falls down. I mean, I can tell you right now that at the school, we don't really have, you know, very serious disciplinary issues. As time goes on, we don't have to say to the kids, you know, don't do this, don't, don't do that. It, it comes automatically on how, you know, we treat each other and not only each other, you know, we have animals also, or we have pets at the schools. We also teach the kids, you know, if, you know, look after the animals, would you like it if I had to kick you? You know, would you like it if I had to throw a stone at you? So the same as the animals, we need to learn to take care of them also. So it's a whole... Um, empathetic development, if you want to put it that way, you know, take, take care of self, take care of others, take care of the environment. Mm -hmm. It's all one. How beautiful is that though? Just incredible. I love that you guys have kids. It's like you're softening up these kids in a world that like teaches us to be hard. Everything about our school system teaches us to be hard, to push mm. through. And here it's like, how do you get softer? The strength in being soft. Exactly. I think we don't exactly. talk enough about that. Mm. And we need more of that. I mean, as you mentioned, the society that we live in, you know, very aggressive. If we want very to create aggressive. a peaceful future, we need to start with the young ones. Yeah, and to even, teach them that we don't have saying, to. Sorry, so people keep saying the next generation is better, you know, like the next generation will do mm. better, the next generation will be better. And then like you go on Twitter and you see how clapbacks <laughs> are celebrated, you know, yeah. how like yeah. even yeah. on social media, how people can say things to someone, body shame someone because there's no connection with yeah. the fact that this is another human being that you're talking to. So a lot of that has to do with the fact that our education system valued smartness and how fast you can react to things versus sitting mm. with things, letting things marinate, being soft, feeling, how does the other, how would another person feel about this? Because that doesn't even form part of the educational curriculum and I feel like mm -hmm. that then carries on into personal relationships into our romantic relationships carries on into our relationships with our kids that's why in romantic relationships we can just do things to each other and just say random things to each other I remember that was that's been one of the um, things that I talked first things the very first um time when I started negotiating this was with one of my exes and we agreed that we would just not swear in the relationship we wouldn't use the f word or anything when talking to each other like mm. obviously you're watching a t you're watching tv or something you can like do it say that but in conversation we would be careful with our words you know and that you could shout you can have an argument but we don't attack so to speak you know and you don't um 
use harsh words. And that changed a lot in how I relationshiped. So Claire, mm. could you tell us what does money mean to you? How would you describe money to an alien? Money for me um, is, I see it as empowering. Mm -hmm. I see it as empowering and in this empowerment, I'm able to expand and fulfill you know, the dreams that I have. But I also see money as it's a relationship. Um, it's not just something that can be um, looked at as a thing. I don't see it as a thing. Um, it's energy also. Um, I think the way that one treats money is the way that money will also give back. So that's how I will explain to someone that it's an exchange of energy, just like when you have a friendship or a relationship with someone, that relationship, that's an exchange of energy and that relationship, um, depending on how you treat each other, you can expand or you can uh, fall down, so to speak. Yeah. So I see it as, as quite important. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Money definitely is energy. You know, it's like if you are expanding energy, like giving a service and you're giving energetically and then you're not being replenished in any way, you're going to get extremely exhausted and burnt out. And that's why like people get so angry and upset when people don't pay and we're underpaid. Mm -hmm. It's not just that I did work, pay me. It's that, like I expanded my energy and the energy hasn't, um, it's not being replenished. You know? Like you're not giving energy back. So I love that. So when did you start suspecting? Yeah, that really, sorry, are you going to say something? <laughs> no, I was saying I, I totally agree. And I had to learn that lesson, you know, the hard way. And this could go into the question that you are asking, I, I think. Um, yeah, if you can repeat that, Ven, again, the question. Yeah. So when did you start suspecting that your relationship with money was about more than money, right? More, and more than just like budgeting and spending less, because I think we kind of like to make, especially in South Africa, we kind of like to make our relationship with money about not saving about overspending. True. Um, I think it was two years ago, if I'm not wrong, that um, I think I put a post on Facebook and um, complaining that, you know, running the school, a person should be getting a whole lot of help and you know I get frustrated at the end of every month when we need to pay the rent for the school or we need to pay the teachers and then a student of mine sent me a message and she's actually a traditional healer oh, wow. and she sent me a message yeah and she was like you know th there is no reason why you should be struggling like this there, there mm -hmm. must be a problem somewhere there so you need to speak to your ancestors especially on your mother's side wow so i was like um yeah interesting at that time but i didn't you know i didn't take it in mm. at that time for me money was just something that you just spend mm. you know and i was not spending it consciously yeah. um 
and I also used it as a form of punishment for myself. I only realized that now, eh? for myself and for my husband also. So if we would get into some kind of a disagreement, I would go spend or go open up, go get a loan <laughs> that I didn't need <laughs> or yeah. get into this, uh, you know, Machonisa thing um, and borrow mm -hmm. the money. I wouldn't even think, how am I going to repay, you know, the money? Yeah. So I think it, it came into a bit of a loggerhead in um, last year, early last year. So I decided, no, man, let me go and see, you know, this ex-student of mine, the, the traditional healer. So I went to see her and she, she threw the bones and, you know, money was there also. And she was like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be having money. You can see it for yourself. It's there. So you need to start working on finding out what is the issue, what is blocking it you know, from flowing because it's there. Your, your ancestors, mm. they provided, but you are blocking it. Mm. So, you know, after that I was thinking, but how am I blocking money? I love money, you know? Mm. But I was not thinking of it at that time as an exchange, yeah. um, as it being a relationship, yeah. as, you know, paying people back, mm. as not using it anger, you know, as a vindictive, thing because also it's you creating karma around that and those where you know some so I think for about a year or two I was for was Matilo that was the first time that I saw you know mm -hmm. about wealth and money and then I kept on reading the stories and I was like you know maybe let me try this out but I first signed up by following you and you know what you had to say. And then towards the end of, um, I think October, my contract, I was on a part-time contract, it came to an end. So now I had to face my money issues again, Claire, what are you going to do now? Um, and it wasn't only on the social or on the school side of things, it was very much obviously on a personal level because you know, for the school to be able to have money, it has to start with me, I'm the creator of the school. So that's when I decided, no, I need help. And I signed up for wealthy money. Even at that time when I signed up, I didn't really know how am I going to, you know, pay the monthly fees because I took it on installment base. And I wasn't sure yeah, how was I going to be able to, to pay for this because as I said, um, my contract had just, you know, ended and obviously I was in a panic. <laughs> what am I going to do? And because the school doesn't pay me, I mean, it, it, at the stage where it was, um, and we're still building up, it was not functioning in a way that it was able to pay me. So that's why I'm always doing work outside. So then I decided, okay, no, Claire, if you want your money situation to change and to understand, you know, why the blockages are there, you just gotta take a leap. <laughs> So I took a leap, <laughs> um, like I did with the school when I started, I took a leap. So it seems like every time I take a leap, things work, you know, a leap without knowing if I jump was down there, but it seems oh, like that. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I can't like imagine. I think a lot of people are there they're like, do I do this? Do I not? My finances are already like so 
<laughs> not where I want them to be. And this is going to eat into my mm. savings. So do you regret taking that leap though? Because I know someone is listening. Not at all. Do you regret this leap? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, I have been able to clear most of my debt. I've been able to buy the plot now where the school is. And I've been able to do things that I've always wanted to do, you know, without worrying that much about where's the money coming from. And I've been able to understand myself even better. So not at all. I would do it quicker <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, you would do it quicker yeah. next time. It's so funny how most <laughs> of the Money Magic students say that once they've been in the course. They're like, I wish I had not waited and I hadn't debated with myself for months yeah. and months before signing up. But I think I understand because yeah. I always say to people, oh, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, I switched off my video for <laughs> the reason of uh, data, you know how it is. <laughs> in South Africa, <laughs> Claire's um, internet yeah. needs a lot more bandwidth. So anyway, yeah, so people will be like, yeah, I wish I hadn't waited, but I understand mm -hmm. because my work seems so confusing to people. It's like, yeah, what the heck is ancestral money trauma? <laughs> and she's talking about trauma. Exactly. What does any of this have to do with money? And these people, like she never, like people literally come, like now I've been doing dis, uh, discovery calls with people, giving them an option to ask me about the money magic course. They're like, we have no clue what you talk about. Like we hear about the trauma and I resonate with that, but yeah. you're talking about money. Where are the numbers? Where are you going to tell me what to cut out, where to budget? Where are you going to yeah. teach me? about how to make this money are you going to give me a business idea I'm like nope nope and you will have a shift in your finances yeah. you will like <laughs> we work with the trauma definitely <laughs> so it's just, yeah I know no, definitely definitely <laughs> well I don't know it's yeah like, imagine, like I'm hearing a lot from people like someone asked me the other day how do you get to travel so much in a call I was like I share this so much, but I think she wanted me to break it down and make it make logical sense through numbers and maybe share how I'm in, a, you know, the travel scheme things that people talk about, um, yeah. timeshares and things like that. I'm like, I don't even know how timeshares work. I don't know how these travel <laughs> things that people are doing, the travel schemes work. <laughs> so that was funny yeah, yeah. yes yeah and and it's not easy to explain it you know because you, you gotta be able to experience it and, and, and once you have you know that bit of an experience yeah, yeah. but not on what I've realized is that it it was easy for me to understand you know um issues with trauma and how they could block, you know, because I've, I've been a bit into spirituality. So mm -hmm. it was easy for things to, to click that, oh, mm -hmm. that's why for me, I think that the huge shift that happened internally was when I was doing the lesson on 
involves, you know, service of poverty. And I mean, they just opened up a oh, whole what lesson is that one? Oh, the lesson on vows, the vow service. On vows, yeah. So I think that one for me was a huge thing. Mm. And it, it, you know, it brought memories back of, you know, as kids, we went to church every Sunday and you yeah. hear about, you know, money is the root of evil and, you know, yeah. rich people are this and rich people are that. And then because you want to impress, you want to be a good child, then you agree, yeah, no, I don't want to have money. <laughs> you know, mm. when I grow up and you make that, well, you think that it's innocent, but we don't, we sometimes, we well, we do forget that thoughts are very powerful so we keep on making these vows over and over and over again without realizing that actually we're blocking Mm. ourselves so for me there was a huge huge thing and even now in everything um if if you know there's a roadblock that comes and not only necessarily with money but with everything else then I ask myself okay where does this come from where Mm. where did I put this vow that I will never ever do this yeah. And once I ask the question, you know, the clarity comes and then I'll, mm-hmm. I'm able to, to work on this subconsciously through meditation also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there is one lesson that I could recommend, it would definitely be that because for me, you know, yeah. the vows they just opened up a whole new world to say, okay, now we need to <laughs> sort yeah. these vows out. Right. And ensure that right. we, yeah, we make the vows that empower, the, the, you know, that help us expand. Yeah, I, this is the thing. I think that you're not alone because the vow service comes up a lot in this podcast. We talk a lot about it. I mean, guys, like literally go listen mm. to most of the podcasts <laughs> that, that we've had here. <laughs> like someone will come and talk about this. I think... Uh, also because vows are so tricky right because like you can't it's what you've just said it has to be experienced I cannot intellectually I can tell someone intellectually you have you may have a vow but for someone Mm. for me to have someone break that vow I always say to people breaking a vow and releasing it these are, it's even for me as someone who does, who created this course, I do not mm. look forward to the experience. <laughs> it's, it's a lot <laughs> because it's on the spiritual plane that we have to break this. And then maybe our ancestors also carried this vow. So then we have to go into the ancestral plane. Then we have to go into the, then we have to do it also within our bodies and release it in our bodies. So yes. most times when people are doing vows and releasing vows, you'll find that we sleep for days, guys. Afterwards, <laughs> like after that meditation, we're like, I'm done. Like I'm tapped out. I'm exhausted. Mm. I'm crying. And sometimes we have to go into past <laughs> lives to break the vows. So honestly, <laughs> vows are critical. And as you can understand, when Claire's mm. talking about this, it's like, if you have to break this thing on so many different planes, why it will keep you stuck so much in this lifetime, you know, it's like, because it's on multiple planes. So we're trying to do affirmations, you're affirming, you're doing all this stuff and you're like, but why is my friend doing this affirmation and it's working wonders for her? 
and me, I'm out here doing the affirmations, I'm praying, I'm doing everything, and yet <laughs> not a movement, you know, no movement. It can be frustrating. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and not only that, um, then, I mean, as you know, once you start working on the vows and, you know, you're peeling stuff that it is generational, it can feel like the worst, yeah. um, you know, time. You will feel like everything is falling apart. And even yeah. at that time, it's not even necessarily about money. You know, it's like yep. everything around you is falling apart. You, 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 because I think I, I've had my intense relationship problems when I started doing the force <laughs> with, it was with my husband, you know, with the kids, my, I've, I've got yeah. two boys, one is 21 and one is 18. Yeah. And, and actually it was like all the men around me, to be honest, yeah. it was all the guys around me. The relationship was, you know, with my dad also, it was like things were just falling apart but fortunately I knew why it was happening so I could hang on you know I I could hang on and say look yeah that it has to happen this way people are very scared Claire as they listen to this Mm. they're like you everyone that comes here is like changing jobs they're doing this like relationships fall apart like all this stuff and the truth is that firstly these things have to fall apart because they were built on a rocky foundation. So when you start to examine them and you start the healing, it has to be opened all up so that when you rebuild it on a stronger foundation and when you start rebuilding these relationships, it's just the most incredibly beautiful thing. You know, like I tell everyone Mm. when I started this work, A, I didn't have a good relationship with my family, right? Um, my mom's family is still not that great, but with my dad's family, either I wasn't really talking to these people, you know, like they hadn't done anything yeah. to me, but like I was really mm. hurt, you know, so yeah. I just assumed that, well, in my hurt, everyone has hurt me, you know, and then when I started doing the healing, I was really shocked how everyone that I was like, I really hate you was just so embracing of me. And I was like, yeah, this is all me, (laughs) you know, but it was really painful even to have that realization and to just see, and guys, this has been 10 years later, people are still the same, they're (laughs) consistent. I, I still, I still can't explain why I was so hurt when I was going through this, but I think knowing as I was healing what was going on helped a lot because I was like, oh, this is my trauma. This has been my trauma response, but everyone in my life, I pushed away to try and protect my heart, you know, because I was so hurt. And so when I started healing, I could start to examine everyone that was coming back into my life and that relationship. And wow it's been beautiful so guys please yeah. don't forget of the healing journey because part of the hurting process is like trauma isn't lovely like the way that i say to people is like i always say to people you get to choose this trauma isn't going away mm. right you can yeah. walk you've been walking around with it for maybe like 30 40 years some people 50 60 years And then you're 
carrying it around. You carry, you're choosing to carry it around for another six months or another year because you don't want to examine it or another five yeah. years. <laughs> or you can go into the thick of the fire for six mm. to six months to a year, really work on offloading that yeah. load that at least by the time another year goes by, instead of yeah. adding more of the load, because the more trauma begets trauma. So we carry it and you carry sure. it keep adding more to it. So now you're just literally just putting down the luggage after that you've been carrying mm. all this baggage that you've been carrying, you slowly start to let it go. So after a year, after 18 months, or even after two years, it's half that load, you know? Mm. Isn't that just a beautiful absolutely. thing? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there was the thing for me also, it was like, look you you gotta do it now um if you really want to to change things around you gotta do it now you can't run away from it but also what helped is that i i didn't rush myself even with the lessons i i take my time yeah. even going through the work you know i take my time mm -hmm. because it's not only about being aware of it but you know as you know you know the body itself has to settle yeah. into that and whatever body pains you feel one needs to be aware of that and understand why it's there and let it go so mm -hmm. you know i think there would be the advice that i would give probably when you start if you thinking look the more lessons I do, the quicker I get there, but it doesn't work that way. Yes, yes. <laughs> it really it does. does. I'm so glad that mm. you brought that up because people do start off like that, right? It's like, the more yeah. I do, the faster I'll have a breakthrough. And the truth is that no, actually, most times the slower you go, one lesson, one meditation for even a month, the deeper yeah. you go, the more you'll release and the more your body will start to integrate. Because guys, this yeah. work is very physical work. It's very experiential. Mm. This, this is why I say to people, listening to me intellectually, because I know people fall in love with what I say intellectually and it resonates yeah. on an intellectual level, but then they'll message me and be like, I hear it, but I'm not able to make the shift. And I'm like, because you need to feel it. You need to go into your body. Mm. This is why we have the inner work. We have the meditations because this is what it is. This is where the shifts are coming from. It's yeah, from yeah. the experience. And often Absolutely. the more time we give ourselves to experience and feel and honor the experience, the more we're able to shift and really change things. Absolutely. And I can tell you then I used to, I think what I projected before was that I'm not a person who cries or, you know, I'm tough, I'm strong, I can handle stuff, but I'm such a cry baby now. <laughs> Even if I don't do it in front of people, I'll just go to my bedroom or in the bathroom, you know, everybody will be having whatever fun they're having on the other side. In the bathroom, bawling. I said I wouldn't know why, <laughs> but you know the body tells you, okay, I need to. Then I just go with the flow, sit in my bedroom or go into the bathroom, no disturbance, or in a bath while yeah. having a bath, and then the tears will just come. So for me, I think that's where now I release from the body. So crying has really helped me a lot. And before I wasn't, you know. 
How beautiful. Um, I wasn't. How yeah. absolutely crying. beautiful. As you know, like <laughs> I am a fan of crying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan of releasing. It's so funny, you know, one day I should just do an entire podcast, just me talking about how often Black women in South Africa have come to me. Actually, no, I lie. Black women globally, because I'm just thinking I had a conversation with a woman, with an African-American woman as well. And she was saying, I don't cry. Mm -hmm. You know, how like most of the students before they start the course and we have conversations, they'll tell me, I'm not a crier. I don't cry. (laughs) And like... Three months into the course, they like they send me messages. What happened to me? I can't stop crying. I'm like, well, think of that as all the pent up and bottled up tears that your body Absolutely. has been holding on to this pain. Sure. And now that it's finally yeah. doing the work and your body's getting to feel and you're getting to feel your body's mm-hmm. pain and all that your body is carrying, Absolutely. you're crying because it's almost like a badge of honor. Like I say to people, I have never seen my mother cry. I've seen my dad yeah. cry. I never mm. in my life seen my mother cry. And it's a thing yeah. that like, I grew up with black women that talk about how they don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been, I've Proudly. always been this crier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. that's the sad part of it I think you know this Mbokodo thing you know yeah. 9th of August I know it's wonderful and all that but sometimes it brings back memories to me of no you you gotta be strong you you know you can't be vulnerable you gotta show that you are able to do this and um, you know you can handle everything you can't be like I can't handle this And also for me, because I was very much like that, even in my relationship with my husband, I mean, he would say to me, you know, I wish you would be just a bit more vulnerable. And I wouldn't understand what he means by vulnerable. (laughs) What what is this man trying to do to me? (laughs) Exactly. It's like, what should I be weak? No, I'm not weak. I'm not gonna be weak. No, I was brought up by strong women. I mean, my yeah. grandmother was one of those who was running shabins and she was a big woman yeah. and didn't take nonsense and she would fight with anyone, you know. Yeah. My mother also was quite strong. So that vulnerability, uh uh-uh, yeah. wasn't there. But you know, with doing the course, I understood now. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay yeah. to, to cry. It's okay to be in touch with the feminine side because mm-hmm. you tend to be, you know, that masculine energy tends to be much more stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, those yeah. are the things that actually we, we do need to change and, you know, tell our boys and our girls that you just be you. You don't have to be strong just because yeah. uh, people say you need to be strong. It's okay to yeah. cry. It's okay not to feel okay. It's okay not to, if you have your periods, because remember, what, I mean, I was in boarding school. If I had my periods, whether pain or not, I had to go to school. Yeah. Um, but this is what happens to go children even till this day, right? Period or no mm. period, you go to school. Corporates, you know, yeah. they don't allow, yeah. there's very few corporates that have period days. By the way, guys, this is, I don't know if I've done this announcement in a while. <laughs> But I love to do it, even on Facebook. <laughs> if go to your HR department and ask if they allow for period days, because some corporates yeah. do, they just don't tell you. They like to put it out as like, that's what they do. This is how they support women. 
But if you've got period days, take them. You can take three days off in some corporates yeah. in South Africa. Trust me, I know. <laughs> you can take three days off <laughs> for periods. And when you're on your period, yeah. the first three days and not have to go to work. And apparently some American companies and some European companies have also now started bringing in this policy. So go find out mm. wherever you are in the world, go to HR because they don't tell us because they want us to be productive, but then they put the stuff yeah. somewhere when they're talking, when they like make themselves feel good in terms of marketing. This is how we do like corporate um, wellness, etc. Meanwhile, mm. the employees have never taken period days. So yeah. hold them to that because they use that for marketing purposes. Go find oh. out and oh, take your yeah. three days. We do not have to be in Bogotas. Our mm. body, like literally, if you are bleeding from your eyes, you are bleeding from your head consistently, nonstop for three days, everyone would be freaked out and telling yeah. you, oh my gosh, what are you doing at work? Go home and lie That's down. True. But because we're bleeding and we've done such a good job of holding it, of keeping it secret, nobody even knows yeah. that we're going through this. No, yeah. it's not yeah. fair because <laughs> you are literally, your body is losing blood. Some of us True. have low iron levels. We need more sleep. We're in pain. Mm. Just like you would be in pain if your head was bleeding. Take Absolutely. the break. And if you Absolutely. don't have it and you feel like you want to go for gender rights and all sorts of things, go for it. I'll give you argument points and I'll share how I've been able to negotiate this in the past when I was working for a corporate. Hit yeah. me up. Ask me how you can go and do the things with HR and go negotiate for other women. I am here for that because I have done it before in corporate. Well, not in corporate, but like, you know, when I was working yeah. for an organization and it helped a lot. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's also like another way, you know, that's the thing when we don't listen to nature, because, you know, mm -hmm. those three to five days in a way is a gift from nature, from women mm -hmm. to be able to to go inside yeah. um, and, and to feel. And because for me, for example, if I'm on my peers, that's the time when I'm more critical. Mm -hmm. um, and um, not only on myself, but not critical in a bad way, but to see things for what they are. You know, there's the time when I was know that, okay, no, Claire, this way is not okay, or this shouldn't be like that, and to be able to navigate through it, but I need to go inside to be able to do that. So in a way, also, it's nature giving us time. It's just that we haven't maybe been aware of that, mm -hmm. but now that we are, I think we need to take that time because you only come out stronger and better, you know, for yourself, for your family, and, mm -hmm. you know, for the world also. And that's why we were given that gift, I think, because we are, well, we are the bringers of life. We are creators. Yeah. Yeah, I know. This is beautiful. I love it. Um, mm. What you've <laughs> just said, guys, please reflect on what Claire has just said. It's such a critical time for us as women. And mm. yes, it's when we have clarity. And it's also like, there's so much happening. Like I always say to people, like I, my periods have themes, you know, like mm -hmm. different time, like different months at different points. Like 
my period last this month is completely different to my period last month. Last month, the other things that were coming up were completely different. My emotions were like at a different place. This month, it's like been a lot about resistance and just letting go and oh my gosh, you know, which was not the case last month. But how has your definition of trauma changed? And how has your, since the course, I mean, you were, you did a lot of spiritual work before, you had an understanding more than most people of what ancestral stuff entailed. So how has your definition of trauma changed and how has your definition of ancestral trauma started to change since doing the course? Um, maybe I can put it in a way that I understand it. Um, the trauma yes, is <laughs> things that, you know, one went through as kind of, I might be saying it in a wrong way. So you'll forgive me if it's not, you know, the, the accepted version of it. But I, I also think of it as the trauma that one experiences also paves a way for one to expand, you know, ex mm. as, as painful as it is. Because sometimes you, you know, a person asks themselves, why did this happen to me? And why did mm. it have to happen that way? For me, the question is not sorry, but for me, it will be more like, okay, what lessons are there for you to be able to learn for, from and to be able to, you know, to expand yourself. So that's how I look at, at, at trauma. And with regard to the ancestral trauma also, I look at it in that way, but in a sense that, okay, there are things that, you know, happen through the generations where maybe, where maybe there were no choices, but those things had to happen. Mm -hmm. And... Um, because I'm coming from this lineage, it's up to me now being aware that I need to break down those traumas, even though I don't understand why they happened and, you know, why should it be me? So I try to look at it in a way as a gift to, okay, this is what has happened. This is why, okay, this is what happened to me, but okay, it happened. I can't mm -hmm. change that but I can look at what I can learn from it. This is not an easy realization to come through because a traumatic experience is painful, yes. you know, when it happens. And that's why most of the time we block off terrible things that happen to us. And it's only when we get to do the healing that we remember the things that happen, but mm -hmm. also trying to understand why, I guess it's part of the, you know, the journey to be able to see the lessons that yeah. are there. I did not always think this way, obviously, you know, I was one of the people who was also pointing fingers. Yeah, you did this and now, you know, mm -hmm. this is where I am because of you. But with the healing and the lessons through wealthy money also, you know, I got to realize that, okay, yeah, it happened, but let's look at now how we move forward. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we do get triggered. Yes, we do. Because obviously then maybe you did learn some things from the traumatic experience, but not everything because it's in layers, I get. Yeah. So yeah, you keep on coming back. They say life is not a straight road. It's a spiral. No, yes. it's like an onion. It's always layers and layers. You think you are there and then <laughs> it comes exactly. up like, I think that's the big thing is that for me, I there are certain memories that I'll keep coming back to over and over again. Like I have, so as we're talking about periods, I keep remembering how, you know, like in December, 2020, 
<laughs> I don't know if you guys remember this, but I had my period three times and I was always in the student group. Ah. Like, Freaking, yeah. have this, I'm on my period again. I'm on my period again. I'm on my period again. And yeah. this had to do with, guys, it was such a simple memory. Oh, so I was walking like every time I did the meditation. So I was doing a vow, releasing a vow of loyalty meditation. So vows, like I said, can be like a pain in the butt. And like yeah. all I kept seeing was my grandmother sitting by the window. Now understand that I've I keep coming back to this memory. My grandmother would sit by the window and wait for my uncle to come home and wait for us to come home. And she wouldn't go to bed until like mm -hmm. my uncle had come home. She would like just sit and wait for him, you know, wait for all of us to come home. So even if I had gone out uh, somewhere, she wouldn't go to bed until we are wow. all at home, you know, yeah. and for some reason that like hurt my teen self so much because I saw that as like a struggle. So I would keep coming back to this memory. There's nothing gory or hectic going on, yeah. right? But the deep vows of loyalty that I did, that I made with that. And just to think like, that is so layered. I, I yeah. It has taken me 10 years up until 2020. I would keep coming back to this memory at least three or four times a year for 10 years, guys. And I didn't understand until December 2020 how deep this memory went. So I would clear one layer. I'd be like, okay, that's it for this memory, especially because nothing, like I said, it's mm -hmm. that simple. There's yeah. nothing more going on in that memory, by the way. I'm not being <laughs> shouted at. I'm not being screamed at. But deeply traumatic because I was feeling my grandmother's fear that something had happened to us like I didn't realize how much of her fear I kill I constantly felt you know and she would sit like that and it was the kitchen window she wouldn't even want to go to the living room to watch tv she mm. would sit like that until all of us were home and there was this just deep fear yeah. and my uncle had been in exile so she was out of all her children this is him that she was most worried about like till the day she passed on she couldn't believe her son had come back to her hole you know so when he would come through the door she would just be so relieved mm -hmm. so that that I was sensing my grandmother's trauma of never having her child yeah. since she was 16 and yeah. I didn't realize I'd been carrying that ancestrally that like I've been sensing that and I've been empathizing and I also wouldn't go to sleep unless she was gone. She had gone to bed. So it was really, really intense, such a simple memory, but with so much trauma that it took me 10 years to fully sure. unpack the depth mm. of that and to really understand mm. how this tied into South Africa's history of apartheid. Yes. 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 Wow. You know, and when we talk of trauma and we think of it as something massive, mm. you would, like, if I had to talk to you right now and we're in conversation, Claire, and we're talking about trauma and money traumas and things like that, that memory would never have come up for me. Yeah. And so, yeah. funny enough, one of the things that was coming up was my inner teen was refusing to expand mm. beyond where she had expanded to because she wanted to sit with my grandmother at that spot like so as you can imagine guys part of me 
is wanting to move forward and expand and keep growing. And another part of my psyche is like, if I grow, I leave my grandmother at this point. So that part of me was also refusing to accept my grandmother's passing, you know? Absolutely. So I literally, in December, I was re-grieving. Like I was screaming and crying for the whole month. Like just really accepting mm. that my grandmother after 20 years had actually passed on. It was oh. that intense for me. Cause I was yeah. like, that part of me was not accepting it because to accept it would be mm. to abandon my grandmother to her trauma on her own. Sure. And I wanted to stay yeah. with her. Sure, so, absolutely, yeah. I think, also, mm, <laughs> I think also for me, one of the things that, um, you know, this healing journey with Wealthy Money helped was getting in touch with my inner child. Because, mm. um, you know, when, when you read or you do some other types of healing work and people speak about your inner child, I didn't understand it. Mm. you know I'm in my 40s now so what happened back then happened back then but that came face to face with me in December also actually that I need to acknowledge that that inner child is there that inner child was hurt and has been disappointed um so it, it didn't give me a, a choice. And I think December, January was the, you know, financially worst time for me. And on my birthday, it was the worst <laughs> time for me yeah. also because we were very broke here at home. Um, and none of the kids wished me a happy birthday. My husband didn't wish me a happy birthday. Everybody just mm-hmm. somehow ignored it. And normally it has never happened before. So I then realized that, uh -uh, look, I might think that it's about the family. It could be, I can deal with it later, but there's something also, you know, Mm. behind this. So I decided to, I think I read it in in, in your book. I decided to do, the English is gone, Van. Uh, (laughs) When you cut out (laughs) pictures and, you know, you, you make a picture of, what you want your life to look like. What do they call it? Oh, the vision board, yeah. The vision board. So I decided, okay, let's do something stuff. I haven't looked at magazines for a long time and I haven't, you know, because that's what you, we used to do, you know, when we were kids. I remember school, we look at magazines. Oh, I would love to have this one day. Oh, I would love to drive this car. I would love to live in a house like this. And I realized, ah, Claire, you know, you've taken the fun out of your life somehow so I sat down and I did the vision board you know the type of house I want and I did the intention that you know your book also spoke about that this is the type of money I want I think I I put 2.440 mil because and that price included buying the plot by the way (laughs) we're gonna talk about that (laughs) included buying the 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 plot and you know I put it that in in whatever way the money comes mm-hmm. um that's what I want by November of this year 2021 yeah. so I did this whole vision point um vision board I put it on my wall I see it every day you know traveling holiday destinations going for retreat and then I can tell you that probably about you know this was just in January we in August now I think 
40% of that has happened. Oh my gosh, that leads me to my next question. Like, can you share some of the income and savings and other incredible financial breakthroughs that you've been having? So I think probably, I don't know if you remember this post. Uh, this was when we were busy buying the house, the, the plot. So the plot, the original price was two mil. Mm. And, you know, I was in a very bad financial state at that time. We, we mm. tried since 2017 to buy it, but I was blacklisted thanks to my bad way of <laughs> handling money. And I mean, in my relationship with my husband, I'm the toxic one when it comes to money. He's very... Mm you know but mm. I'm not so obviously that also affected the relationship but anyway I started yeah. working on that once I started with wealth money you know get comfortable with a bank statement before mm. I would never look at it Ooh, it's <laughs> like trust me like I feel you I think that we're all like Ooh, we know yeah, that even if, you, you know I would just by any necessary and who can yeah. blame <laughs> exactly so I wouldn't look at it even if I swiped or paid for something I would I wouldn't want to know how much is left so I had to start doing that you know it was like Claire you want this plot you want the 2.4 40 you're gonna have to start working on it yes you we're working on healing yourself but also practically you you need to start doing stuff so I you know took out my bank statement. It was also in January. I had a look at it. I had a look at, you know, how I spend money and where it goes and if it's necessary or not. Very uncomfortable to do, <laughs> but um, very necessary. And I started writing letters to money also. So, okay, let's build a relationship. Now we, we need to change the situation. And I'm sorry that I haven't really been paying attention. So I managed to clear, um, with my husband's help, to clear, you know, most of my debts. Right now, I don't have debts. Oh, wow. Um, and as a result of that, um, we were able to, you know, to buy the house. Obviously, we did it via the bank, but I would yes. have never thought that it will happen in such a short period of time. I thought it will still take me long because I needed to fix my credit record. And once it was fixed, you know, I posted once to ask, guys, do you know anyone who can remove my blacklisted name? <laughs> and I posted it in the group. And I think yeah. two days after that, it was done. I wasn't anymore. And we were mm -hmm. able to, you know, to buy the plot. And the price went down. People it was two million. so helpful like very <laughs> like every like guys the knowledge there like i definitely did not answer that because i didn't have the information sure. <laughs> but like there's always someone that has the answers and yes this is what i love about it i don't have most of the answers like 80 percent <laughs> of the answers that people are 80 percent of the questions that are around money i don't have those answers you guys but people find them yeah. in the group, and that's the whole point yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, the amount came down to 1.6. I mean, the, yeah. you know, from 2 mil. I mean, that's amazing wow. in itself. So, and, you I know, I've started. Wow. <laughs> and I've started. So now you now. have a clearer credit record. The amount went down. 
Phew. Okay, now I need to get back to writing letters to money. That's the one thing I will openly admit, guys, that like I've been yeah. lagging on for the last two years, mainly because my life was like easy breezy in Sri Lanka. But <laughs> now that I'm back in South Africa, I'm like the energy here requires <laughs> some yeah. good old-fashioned letter <laughs> writing letters to money and spirit of money meditations for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, saving, I've always thought that it was impossible to save. You know, how do you save? when things are so expensive but um and so I went to speak you know to to a financial broker Mm. and to say okay I need to start saving now um and it took me I think two months to be able to agree to actually giving my information to them to say okay (laughs) look at this but I, I you know I needed to work through that and to be comfortable in it. And I think that's the other thing. You realize that you don't just jump into, you know, into yeah. into agreements. Yeah. No? They gotta feel right. Yeah. So once it felt right, then I could say, okay, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, those are for me some of the biggest lessons that is it's not just jumping into things now. You don't, you're not only using your brain now, you're using your whole body. It has to agree or else mm. <laughs> it will tell mm. you. <laughs> yeah, that cool. it doesn't agree. Yeah. Okay. What you've just said, guys, it's not even about the li- the writing letters to money. There's a whole like, so I know that people are probably think that we're writing love letters to money. We don't, right? <laughs> I know Zandile gave you guys that impression, but she's like on another level with money, right? So like she's writing letters to money. So you want to write very honest letters yes. to money. And of course, and then we do a lot of like being in our bodies, like clear things. Mm. So we don't just make financial decisions. It's okay. We sit with the decision. Mm. We breathe through it we think through it, but everything comes down to the body. So if your mind is saying yeah. yes, but the body is in a different level, then we work with what's going on in the body because mm-hmm. it's all about what's going on in your nervous system. Yeah. So most of us make decisions, even when things like I've gone on in the student group where I've been offered contracts, where like the money is massive. And I'm literally like, I'm going to say no to it because my nervous system is at a no and everything is saying mm. no in my body. And months later, I realized that, oh my God, I made the best decision because had I said yes to this and ignored my intuition, I would not be doing ABCD right now in my company. And somehow the money is still made in the company, you know? So that for me, absolutely, has it's so powerful and I know it's so counterintuitive (laughs) because again I'm like it's not about the money the money will be made money can be made in so many various ways like this is why I'm having this podcast with the students so that you guys can see that people are making money as artists voiceover artists people are making money as doctors as lawyers as uh, as teachers as anything it's not about the profession because it's not about yeah. the money. You can make money and you can create money magic wherever you are in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely, Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think once also you, you felt it in the body yeah. and the body's okay with it, you know for sure, you know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. For example, when we 
applied um, at the bank and I, I remember my husband was not very sure, but I was, I was like, look, I've done the work. I mean, I'm telling, saying this to myself, I've done the work. I know what the issues are. And I felt it in my body that we need to do this. And I said, no, it's ours. Mm-hmm. And it was ours. And sure. that happens every time. If I'm sure of something, if, if my body's okay with it, and you know, I will say something that no, mm-hmm. for sure, this is going to happen. It, yeah. It's like with the work that I'm doing now, when um, the offer came up, I said to my husband, look, I'm, I'm going to give them what I want. and if they want me they will give me what I want and then Mm -hmm. once the interview was done I said to him no that's my job I told them what I want and I'm getting it with the amount that I want and I did because I had already worked through you know through that and the body was saying no it's fine and it's time yeah like we work through the money blocks and yes uh, guys something happens when you work with the body it's really, really magical. Even me, yeah. like I'm in the middle of observing some things that are happening now. I'm like, really? Did it really? Did I really need to go do the work at that level? Because I didn't want to feel into my body because it was feeling icky, and I didn't mm. want to be with the sensation. So I thought I could intellectualize some things away. And now that like I've been working with my body, I'm like, this is what it took to have the shift, and it didn't even take weeks it took like a few days for me to start seeing movement I was like wow guys this is the deal this is the reality we cannot work just with the mind and Mm -hmm. I know like hi guys as you can hear I know how uncomfortable it is to feel your feelings and how especially when the feelings are not pleasant you know and like Mm. your body feels icky it is very uncomfortable but it's so worth it. You know, I have yeah. to remind myself that. So yeah. Clay, you've spoken to us quite a bit about your relationships, right? Are you seeing as, do you see a shift in how you show up or discuss money in relationships with people, um, with people you work with? I mean, you've just shared with your employer right now how that has changed mm-hmm. radically. You asked for what you wanted, but yes. with friends and family as well. Did you see how when you started doing the work and doing more of the inner child stuff as well, more of the inner child healing and your vows around money, how did that start to shift the way that you discuss money with your husband? I mean, how he helped you get out of debt and get <laughs> yourself in order. So that must have been amazing to see. Yes, I mean, I remember when um, we had seen the real estate uh, uh, agents and um, I, I just came to the realization and we were driving and I said to him, you know what I've realized? I've been using money as a fighting stick between you and I. If I was upset with you, I would go out and, you know, spend mm-hmm. the money or, or, you know, get a loan. And for me, there was a big thing because before I would have never admitted that. Sure. So, the, yeah, there was... there was vulnerability, the, right? It would make you a little weaker exactly. and easier to manipulate in a relationship. That's how I also used exactly. to and the guilt. I'm saying this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the shame, you know, and the, mm-hmm. the guilt. But I think once that realization was made and with the work being done, you realize that 
yes, there's the shame, there's the guilt, but mm -hmm. it's time now to let go of that vow because I agree, vows mm -hmm. also come with shame of, of yes. the things that you have done. Yes. So you've done something bad, so you can't mm -hmm. say anything about it. You can't be honest about it. So mm -hmm. I learned to be honest about my money situation with him. Before I would never discuss that with him, even if he was like, okay, let's, let's do a budget. I would say to him, okay, do the budget <laughs> knowing that I'm not going to stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> talk about being out of integrity like and can you imagine for the other person in the relationship you're like let's do the budget and the other one is like do the budget but they know as you are the one that's doing the budget and talking and doing the financial education that I this one doesn't know me I'm not gonna do it <laughs> yeah. so now we are able to do the budget and you know he'll he will keep a copy and I'll also keep a copy. So, you know, we're honest about the conversation, but before I did this work, uh, I didn't see that happening. And it's, it's so much easier now. And, you know, to be able to see, okay, what is our financial future also? Cause mm -hmm. that's one thing that we didn't really speak about, you know? Yeah. And for example, if, if, I, if we want to do something, go somewhere, now we can speak and say, okay, you know, how much can you contribute? How much can I contribute? Or, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of, of, of talks before sure, I, I wouldn't so be able incredible. to do this. So the change has definitely been in, in that money conversation with him because um, I guess it had to start there because as I said, I was the toxic one when it came to, you know, to money side of things. So I needed to repair that and really I think for him also, it was less of a stress because he knew it's not, I mean, I could hide things, but he, yeah. <laughs> he knows. So you can imagine yeah, being with someone and they're hiding their money situation and you trying to be honest about it. Yo, I don't know how he lasted so long with me, but um, that, that's how the situation was. And, you know, mm -hmm. the patience to, for me to be able to reach the stage to say, okay, you know, I've messed up when it comes to money that kind of a thing but I'm now willing to move forward and hence me being honest about about it yes okay mm. that is <laughs> I think this gives a lot of people hope because like I said again people hear that whew, when I started this work it was lit and they hear the breakdown but hearing that how there was the breakdown in December and then mm. you doing the work and staying with it and continuing and looking at yourself, how you then, I mean, guys, we're recording this in August, by the way, even though it will probably air in November, 2021 or December, 2021, I don't know when, mm, but sure. we're recording it in August. So Claire has changed so much in eight months in her relationship. And this just, it, I'm sure if you ask her, it was worth the crying, the no talking, the no birthday wishes in December, because that needed to happen because it yeah. also helped her go within. So I love this. I love this about the work because often mm. we share the horror stories, but then we're like so happy and excited because <laughs> the shifts that have come from that, we don't even care about like the sadness that we had to go through to get there. <laughs> so Claire, yeah. 
What are the three lessons or meditations in the course that you feel have had an impact on your relationship with money? So you've told us about vows. You've told us about writing letters to money. You can give us another one or two if you want, because I feel like you've already taught, told us quite a few. Yeah, I think, um, look, also the, the God wound and the father and mother wound also but the way the the way that it happened for me is not look I went through the lesson but it also intertwined with the you know vows um yeah of loyalty you know of 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 service I mean service was one of the biggest ones for me um so that intertwined also in them I mean I got to now understand I mean for a long time I didn't have a good relationship with my dad and Mm. when I was a child we had a fantastic relationship I mean you know I was this little girl we would go wherever in the back key but I guess teenagehood happened and also he was adulting and things happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of frustration and anger. Yeah. There because my mom passed away when I was 16 uh, through a suicide. She oh was an alcoholic and she became an alcoholic because they had huge marital problems. Uh, you know, my dad cheated on her and there was a child outlook, you know, out of wedlock. Yeah. So there was a lot happening. I was 16 when my mom passed away. Oh my um, gosh, Claire, I have I, no I, clue. That yeah. must be so, that is a big thing for a child. And did Huge. you know about the child out of wedlock and did you know about the marital problem? Yes, I knew. I even, I was there when the extramarital relationship started, you know, um, yeah. and I was 16. My brother was seven and my baby sister was two. Oh my goodness. So, and my baby sister is the same age as, you know, he's my brother now, you know, the child, mm-hmm. um, we have accepted him in, into the family. So there was a lot of that, um, you know, that heartache and all of that. And I was angry at my dad for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we, you know, we, we had a, I continued allowing him to be my dad because when I had kids, um, I had, mm-hmm. before I met my husband, I had, you know, two kids, they would mm-hmm. spend time with him and he would assist me with looking after them and all of that. But obviously there were, you know, things underneath Mm. Um, and he was not the kind of a person that I would confront about that. I think I only confronted him once via a letter. I wrote him a letter and I waited until I was out of the house and working. So I think I was only what, 24, 25 wow. when I wrote that letter to say, you know, this is what you have done. You are the one who caused my mom's death, you know, sure. so all of that anger. So understanding the vows that I made helped me to understand the vows that he might have made and understanding, you know, maybe why he did the things that he did. Not that I agreed with them, but it is what it is. We can't change it. The child is there. My mom is dead. So how do we, you know, work through all of that? So the father wound um, helped and our relationship it's, it's much better now. I mean, even money-wise, I think my my money issues also came from my relationship with my dad because he was yeah. the breadwinner. Yeah. We never discussed money. 
Um, every time when I had to ask for money, I was always scared. Um, you know, I would rather wear torn underwear than ask him to buy me, you know, underwear. So I guess that's where, you know, that unhealthy relationship came in with money and hiding things. You know, you buy, you hide, or you go out and you buy stuff because you're upset. Um, so working through that assisted and our relationship is much better now you know i yeah. i don't hold that hate yeah. um i can talk to him freely before if we were engaging i would see myself like this small little girl and he him being this big you know father but mm -hmm. now i wouldn't say it's it's equal it's equal in the sense that i'm a woman i've got my own family you know i make my own decisions <laughs> he's a man in his yeah. own house he basis you know so we've reached that level of 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 respect yeah. we've reached it uh to that level that he even now sends me his policies you know to safe keep wow. we would never have done that before wow so definitely beautiful and with the mother wound also, you know, I, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom, I think mm. because I saw her as weak. Mm. Yeah, I saw her as, and I saw her as the one who caused trouble. And actually, even though my dad did this, I saw it as her being the start of it. You know, I blamed her that, okay, it's because mm. he cheated on you because of one, two, three. But mm. as you grow up, you realize that, uh, you know, if a person wants to cheat, they will, yeah. irrespective of, of what you do. And understanding also, um, you know, her own background, where she comes from and what she had mm. to, you know, to face. So in understanding all of those and writing the letters to say, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't realize one, two, three, four, five, but now I, I realize that I see it. I'm sorry for the pain that you had to go through. And yeah, just being empathetic and understanding. And with my dad, it's more like going with the flow of the relationship now. And once you go with the flow, there's no blame, there's no you know, um, feeling of vengeance or whatever, you accept that, okay, things have happened, but accepting because now you understand and you are able to build that relationship again. So definitely the father wound and the mother wound were also quite huge. It's okay, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't know any of this. Um, I mean, I think you've mentioned the relationship with your dad not being great in the student group, but mm. I didn't know the root cause of it. Yeah. That is so intense. Like, I think we all, as we're listening to this, I know that we're all feeling that this is a lot for a 16 year old and it makes sense why the relationship with your dad would break down. Exactly. And it's, just a lot of healing that has gone on mm. for you to get where you are with your dad. Mm. It's so powerful. And I can, and I think we are all understanding why December, you, all the things were happening with every, with all the men in your life, because you had to unpack that. Absolutely. You guys, I don't know what happens in December in the student group. I think we go on holiday <laughs> and then we're like, we're gonna do the most with the healing work <laughs> midway through December. We're like, 
dealing because we're doing yeah. the most. You know? yeah. <laughs> we feel our strength at the beginning of December, midway through, we're like, oh no, <laughs> this is a lot, this is intense. So yeah. thank you for being vulnerable with us and for sharing that. Like you have been so open, Claire, and so vulnerable. I can't imagine that vulnerability wasn't a muscle that you constantly exercised. Mm, this is just no. beautiful. Thank you for yeah. being so open <laughs> and for sharing your healing journey with us. Um, how can people get hold of you? I know there are people who are listening to this podcast and watching on YouTube. They want to know about the school. How can they get their children into the school? Because guys, as you, you can imagine if the principal of the school is this emotionally intelligent, what the school is like, right? And how people can, um, or maybe there are people that also need guidance with their schools, how to make them profitable, how to run those schools. And I know with homeschooling as well, people probably have, yeah. how do people get hold of you? Um, well, before I mentioned that, I, I, I was actually say we absolutely need more smaller schools. This thing of having big schools with so many kids in it, it's not working. Yeah. Um, you know, so if, if you have had that inkling or thing that, you know, I can open up a school, please do it. You know, the kids need it. The smaller the schools, the better. Or if you're an educator and you're frustrated with the way the system is, please do it. It's not as difficult as it might be made out to be. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like some advice from me or you know, a bit of guidance in doing that, I'm not saying that I'm an expert, but I can you know, give you tips on what worked uh, for me, what didn't work and what works now, the challenges. But you know, when you have a school, it just makes life easier for the kids and contributing to you know, humanity at large because big schools, we know that they don't work. Um, so claireputiahai at gmail.com is my email address. Mm -hmm. If you want to see what we do at school on the school Facebook page, it's Tiamelo, place of goodness, hyphen, place of goodness. Mm -hmm. So you can step in there and see what we do. Um, and, can you spell uh, it for people? T-S-H-I-A-M-E-L-O hyphen place of goodness okay so place of goodness all in one word dot com or dot here today sorry no that's not that's just on facebook so you can just oh, type that facebook. into facebook okay. yeah Thank we don't you. have a website yet. we had one okay. <laughs> another story <laughs> yeah so you can check out what we do there and then uh, my number is 0662 triple five eight one five Okay, so, so guys, if you're not in South Africa, it's plus two seven six six two. So, and then the rest of the thing, I'll admit the zero, just put in the country code, which is plus sure. two seven. <laughs> yeah, and then on oh. Facebook, mine is is Bamang Kujiachai. Bamang is my Sitswana name. It means who do we turn to? Oh, when wow. we have so much issues, <laughs> when the world is falling apart, we you lived you? up to your name. <laughs> you became the answer to the question. Absolutely. Yeah. And guys, if you're in the money magic, um, oh, we're going to have, we have these, we'll have the link 
if you're watching this, the link to um, Claire's Facebook is on there and to her personal Facebook is at the bottom in the description. We don't put in emails and phone numbers for obvious reasons. So write down the emails, write down the phone numbers because, you know, spammers and all that, but you can definitely yeah. reach her on the Facebook page and on Facebook, the links are in the description. So thank you so much, Claire, for joining us. This has been amazing. Thank you, Van. I've enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> thank um, you so much for having me here. <laughs> yeah, this was amazing, guys. We've spoken about all things healing related, like it feels like that and money related. So thank you for joining us, Money Magicians. If you are enjoying this and you're loving the stories and the shifts that you're hearing from all my clients and students, especially around the Money Magic course, you can hear that this course is changing lives and you're like, I want to be part of this. <laughs> like Claire's nodding her head. <laughs> it's changing lives. There's so much that happens in the student group. As you can hear, we, we know each other stories because we are all constantly sharing. It's a very personal space. You want to be part of the course. You want to do the work. You're ready. You're feeling ready to start healing your relationship with money, to start increasing savings, paying off debt, creating a consistent stream of income. Then please go to wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic and sign up for the money magic course. Or if we're close for registration, get on the waiting list. Once you're on the waiting list, you'll also be, you'll also be given an opportunity to do my free seven day tapping into ancestral money wisdom course so get on the waiting list that is one that is the only way so far that you can uh, do this course um yeah and thank you for joining us if you love this go also if you're loving this podcast you love what it's about leave us comments on youtube leave us comments on podbean share with your family and friends right as you can hear literally family dynamics and relationships do change from our healing and from us healing our family trauma and leave us a five-star rating on itunes and leave us a review let us know which podcast you loved how did it change your life let me know what other questions you want uh, asked and answered um, on this podcast i'd be very happy to ask any of the guests these questions so thank you once more. We will see you in the ne in next week's episode with um, more talks around money and trauma. Have a fantastic day further. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. 
Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.